Buenos dias, lads and lasses, and welcome to episode 6 of the STL Podcast. We'll cover the insane month that's been in the Premier League, look back at the MLS expansion draft, and then bring Ian back to torture I mean, to discuss legitimate soccer inquiries with him. We've got a lot to cover ahead, so let's kick off. Don't show up, don't show up. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Soccer Talk Lads, or STL Podcast, episode six. Six equaling the number of uh, Champions League titles the Liverpool Football Club has won, uh, and uh, no other important numbers in soccer history that I can think of. I am joined, my name is Stephen Ground, I am joined tonight uh, currently by our good friend Justin Horniker. How are you doing tonight, Justin? Doing good, doing good. I'm currently staked out in Brendan Rogers' house, which is actually uh, Jurgen Klopp's current residence. So hopefully, don't, don't down here. <laughs> things could get a little bit awkward. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's been a while since we've done this because of the holiday and just general craziness. We haven't been able to get together, and and a lot of things have happened since we left uh, off last. I should say, Ian, our intrepid co-host will join us a little later on in the episode uh but at present he is currently traveling back from texas or maybe is back now officially but he was unable to join us as we record this section but through the wonders of the internet and uh time travel namely us (laughs) namely us enduring the regular passage of time uh we'll be able to record a little bit with him later before we uh, actually post and publish this thing but for the time being it's the two of us and that's just fine because we actually know who jose Mourinho is so why don't we talk about everything that's happened in the world of the premier league which i feel like this has been since i started passionately following premier league probably three and a half years ago now i feel like this is probably the craziest month in Premier League history, I think. Is that like going, or not in the history of the league, but at least in my time? It's hard to say because the Premier League is always so topsy turvy. That's true. It is an insane <laughs> league, which is one of the things that makes it so fun. But you uh, certainly had a lot of just nuts thing happen. Uh, and why don't we start with the one we've already mentioned, which is uh, uh, Jose Mourinho taking over for Mauricio Pochettino at uh, Tottenham. And uh, the world is ending. Goodness has been extinguished and darkness has taken its place. The <laughs> devil has overthrown uh, the Lord and his angels. And, and here we are. What are your thoughts on Mourinho returning to the Premier League? There's something oh so right and yet something oh so wrong about it. It's so strange. I guess Podge had to go because everyone was feeling burnt out. And like modern day managers have a shelf life. But Reno does not seem like the person you replace Reno. I don't. Much, you know, yeah, with. I don't get like all our players are feeling burnt out and overworked. <laughs> what should we do? I, I I don't know. Is Jose Mourinho doing anything? He seems. I like think it's the almost that they love Pochettino so much they need to bring in someone who everyone is going to unanimously yeah. hate <laughs> and bring the group together. It's ins- it's just it nuts to me that he. Uh, was their choice and he has it you know it's been like 
hinted at for so long that he would be coming in. Um, but it's still just unbelievable that he's the person they chose to me, I guess. Yeah, it's and with Mourinho, it's title or bust because you're paying him a ton of money mm-hmm. versus like any other manager. And you know that he has like two or three years there before he's out um, because he's going to alienate the entire team eventually. Yeah, I just feel it feels like to me, like uh, for our hockey crossover listeners, it's a bit like when someone inevitably hires Mike Babcock again. You know, because Are anyone that's hired Hitchcock in the last three right. years. Well, we yeah, and it's a guarantee that Mike Babcock will get another opportunity because he hasn't done anything so awful that he's going to, you know, permanently get drummed out of the league. And it's just kind of like everyone will sort of be like, why is this happening? And at the same time, it's like, but but we can't exactly say you're like wrong to do this, you know, like, yeah, because he's got the track record and he's got the history. So and, you know, I think Tottenham's won both games since he took over. Right. Uh, they won both games. They won a Champions League game. Uh, Mourinho hugged a ball boy after he played the ball to the sidelines perfectly in tune to allow them to get a like counterattack goal off of it. Um, and he, he hugged him. He gave him a hug. He's a changed man, Stephen. He's, he's showing emotion on the sidelines. He's looked at his dear friend Jurgen Klopp, and he has said, "The if I just give hugs to people, I will be the same person." <laughs> there's no, there's nothing more complex to his managerial style than that. So, yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's the whole story there. Um, I, how do you think this is gonna play out? What's what's the end game? Here? I mean, how does it always play out? He'll be fired <laughs> in three years after making a total ass of himself, and then some other sad sack club will hire. <laughs> I mean, he'll he'll probably take Tottenham to some championship, right? Like we can agree on. Like he'll probably get them to, uh, you know, a, a, either a, some sort of Champions or Europa League thing or some sort of your um league cup and get another silverware in his in his cabinet and then he'll wear out his welcome but the silverware will give him enough cred to do it again at the next stop i feel like we're caught in the same team that went to the final last year yeah exactly it's not like the talent is not in question at tottenham um which is one of the reasons i think they can justify to themselves that hey we just need to bring in the proven guy and even if he's a jerk He'll get the best out of these guys for a while, you know, and I mean, what do you think? Do you see it playing out any differently than that? Do you see it being a massive failure or a huge success or somewhere in the middle? I think they'll I think they'll probably make like the Champions League final again. Mm-hmm. Maybe get, probably get back into the, into the top four. But I, I don't think that they're going to be spending the money that Reno wants to spend on. Oh, for sure not. The transfer market. Isn't that part of why he was unsatisfied? Before. Yeah, that's why he was miserable at Manchester United. And like, even though he dragged that <laughs> lifeless team to second place, he was still out within a year. <laughs> yeah. And part of why Pochettino was miserable at Tottenham was because they yeah. weren't spending the money. They spent all that money on that brand new stadium. And now it's not, I don't, they don't want to buy the players to fill. I don't understand soccer teams sometimes. I really don't. <laughs> they have more money than they know what to do with. Um, I guess I'm just happy that post game press conferences and really have gotten much better now. Oh yeah, absolutely. I guess if you're if you're Tottenham's ownership, you can sort of t- say to yourself, like 
there's, I don't know, they've already got so many incredible players, it's not like there's a missing piece. But at the same time, you just feel like you have to recycle some people. Um, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a crazy world, and that's why... Uh, part of why Unai Emery is also out of a job. He's been sacked, um, as as the Brits say. You know, a little teaser for something we may, may or may not do later in the episode, because who knows? Because uh, time travel. But yeah, Unai Emery fired at Arsenal, uh, the club that is, um, what is it, ninth in the Premier League, but second in my heart. Um, because of our kinship <laughs> over hating Stan Kroenke, uh, probably not even second in my heart. I and just, the Thierry Henry glory days. Oh, that's true. I just have a sort of vague sort of like, eh, Arsenal instead of like, ugh, Chelsea, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <I> get <laughs> but yeah, thoughts on this. How do you feel about Unai Emery being, uh, shit canned as the American? I mean, like, we don't really know who's replacing me yet, so. Why would yeah. you, why would you want to know that? I mean, <laughs> middle of the season. Why would you really feel like? Why would you need? Why would you need that? You got a caretaker manager, um, a former Arsenal player. Those things seem to work out well for a time. Uh, yeah, I think you probably needed to go because they're in ninth place and they've looked bad. Mm-hmm. There's like no redeeming quality there necessarily, um, and they're like offseason signings didn't really go too well. Haven't gone yet, so something you need to go. And Unai Emery was probably it. Um, they've done worse under Emery than they did in Wenger's last three years when everyone was calling for him to get fired. So probably had to happen. Yeah. I mean, I think it makes sense. I, Unai Emery, they were pretty hot right when he started, right? He got them yeah. like, hot out of the gate, but then he just has sort of fizzled ever since then. Um, Man, such a sad story. What teams go through that? <laughs> All teams, every team. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think the real question is, does Mauricio Pochettino replace Emery at Arsenal, or does he bide his time until Ole is fired at Man United? And Wouldn't that there? be great if Arsenal just signed him right away? Oh, that took him away. Delightful. Stay in North London. We wouldn't have to sell his house, so that'd probably work. Well. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> Um, but yeah, why don't you talk to us a little bit about how Man U has been doing lately? Because they've been a little bit uh, up and down, but uh, you know, a little. Yeah, bit. well, you know, Arsenal doesn't have a win in their last six, but at least Manchester United does. They have <laughs> two of those, to be exact. That's more <laughs> um, two, two, than two none. in their last six. Is only the problem. That's the question I want to pose in this section of the podcast. Is Ole Gunnar Solskjaer the issue? And uh, are you asking me because the, I'm asking you in, in your I'm non ty- non invested opinion? <laughs> I'm typing I'm, in the notes. Yes, but I do not actually believe that Ole. <laughs> I was just trying to throw you off your game. Um, <laughs> I don't believe Ole is a problem. I believe that that team has been cataclysmic. Well, not cataclysmically. I mean, they're still a. T- top league and a lot, top team in, in world respect, but uh, they've been terribly mismanaged since Ferguson left, and they, as we've talked about in the past, just have this weird Frankenstein team, you know? And yeah. um, with Pogba and, I mean, everybody else, they've paid, you know, gads of money to over the years. And I think I've mentioned it in the past, but I think what they need is someone who 
management ownership rather will trust to come in and cast a vision and i don't even think in, in a weird way i don't even think it's that important what the vision is if that makes sense but like the whoever it is whether it's pochettino or whether it's somebody else they need to get kind of the treatment jurgen Klopp has got not to constantly pump his tires but he is amazing and perfect and never makes mistakes <laughs> uh, but no but uh-huh. in in sincerely he needs somebody needs to have that same sort of freedom he's had to say i'm gonna build my team and get my players and you know on the one hand i think Klopp makes ownership happy because he's rarely if ever saying you have to give me you know, I mean, I guess he did it with Van Dyke and a couple people, but he usually isn't the guy that goes out there and says, this huge name is on the market. I have to have him, you mm-hmm. know, uh, yeah. he picks players very specifically and then creates a team that works as a unit. And I think Ars- or Arsenal, uh, Arsenal needs that too, but I think Manchester United needs that. Uh, and I don't I think I look at so I look at their like salary structure. So Manchester United are tops in the Premier League in like forward payroll, defensive payroll, and goaltenders. Uh, is there anyone on Manchester United that you're scared of as an opposing team? Like, is there any one player that you're like, okay, we have to keep the ball away from him? I mean, there. Uh, it's like there would be ten if they were in form. I just yeah. don't feel like the team is ever in form. You know. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like they, yeah. uh, the talent is obviously there with Pogba. Rashford's incredible at times. Um, <laughs> so if you Google Manchester United roster, uh, the picture of Harry Maguire that comes up is him with like a digitally inflated head, but it's just like with all the rest of the normal people. So sorry, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, oh, nice. <laughs> I hope that's a digitally inflated head. And I, that might be real, actually. Um, but yeah, I mean, the talent is definitely there. It's just they can't get on the same page and go. Yeah, I think like direction. David De Gea has been kind of down this year, and mm. he's usually one of the best in the Premier League. Um, I mean, Marks Rashford should be the, you, like the best striker in the league, but I'll, he's not. I'll tell he, you like, who I'm most scared of. It's Scotty McTominay. <laughs> Scott McTominay. Scottish best, uh, international best name best name in in hockey or hockey soccer I would say so but yeah I mean I, I think when you look at it the talent is there but like you said Rashford is never consistently in form and like Pogba so has been hurt and has been up and down and like he should be someone who like runs the play and he just mm-hmm. isn't for this team for whatever reason like French national team Pogba is not Manchester United Pogba right. for whatever reason. I think, and I think the problem for Ole is he's never been given the reins, really. You know, yeah. I th- I think he came on as the caretaker last year, and the ownership never had any intention of keeping him around. And I, th- I mean, you can correct me if this feels unfair or wrong, but he play he did it he did the job well enough and was popular enough that they kind of had their hands tied and were forced to keep him. But yeah, that, I think it feels right. Like they, you know, they did so well that like the fans are calling for it. And then the former players were calling for it. And then when you have that, then you can't really not hire them because that's like the former players, like former Manchester United players, especially like the class of 93 all have pretty, 
big pull around, yeah. especially like the public perception of the team. So yeah. like at that point, you have to sign him. And if you're not necessarily sold on him, then they're paying him half of what they pay Jose Mourinho. Mm-hmm. If that like further puts that point home. Further solidifies my conspiracy theory. It does, yeah. Joe. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's just uh, that that's kind of a hellish place to be in because they don't trust him enough to give him the reins, and yet they have him. So it's kind of a lame duck manager situation. So I think he's going to unfairly take the blame for a situation that they created, um, and I I don't think that his time in this world uh for lack of a less sinister term is is very long yeah and i want them to give him time because i think the underlying stats look good um obviously advanced stats in soccer are weird because if you don't have the players that like can capitalize on chances then it doesn't really matter that you're creating them Mm -hmm. um but man united are second in like expected points on the road our fifth and expect points at home. Like if you just go by the expected points table, they'd be fourth um, behind Liverpool, Manchester city and Chelsea. Um, but again, like we talked about, if you don't have a player that would, that can capitalize on it, it doesn't matter at all. Um, it's so weird. The difference between Marcus Rashford and Jamie Vardy, who we'll talk about in a little bit. Yeah. Because... And, and on Lester's case, Lester is like the opposite. So yeah. they're like way over exceeding that because of how good, uh, Vardy's been. right but it's like you look at those two and the talent isn't comparable no you know and that's no disrespect to Vardy but what is he like 34 or 5 now he's pretty old <laughs> like athletically speaking Rashford is yeah. so much better and and yet you know one of them is constantly getting it done in seemingly improbable and impossible ways and the other one well, is never delivered one is fueled by hate and cigarettes <laughs> <laughs> hate cigarettes and uh vengeance yeah he's only 32 i was very unfair rebecca vardy though is 37 oh and heavily speaking of speaking of rebecca vardy yeah yeah you want to talk about them now so since so we talked about the wagner rock scandal back back when i haven't we talked about colin rooney we talked about rebecca vardy um since then since it's come out Leicester is 6-0. They have not conceded a point and lead the Premier League in points gained uh, since October 7th, which would have been the day after they lost to Liverpool, which would have been when the uh, Wagner Rock scandal occurred. Perhaps, Thoughts? <laughs> perhaps this is God's way of telling us that Rebecca Vardy is correct, although she clearly was in the wrong. But um, she's also heavily pregnant. So well, she is heavily that. pregnant, and we really should talk about how it's not okay to spread malicious rumors about heavily pregnant women. Uh, but that's uh, for a PSA later in the podcast um, that we're being pa- paid very much for, by the way. But no, yeah, it just it's... It's that I think it's that same thing we were just talking about. Jamie Vardy is so motivated and driven to succeed right now that he's, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying no one else on Leicester is doing anything, but he's like rising to become that difference maker that's probably made a lot of would-be draws into victories, you know, late. Um, yeah. Or, you know, would-be... 3-0 defeats of Southampton and 8-0 defeats of Southampton. But I know, uh, I know. <laughs> but but uh, 
Yeah, I just, I think it's that it's one of those weird aspects of sport where a, a less talented athlete who is focused and determined will always, or at least almost always, outlast and outperform and heavily, excuse heavily talented, a, a more talented athlete who is not focused or determined, you know, or not playing. Yeah, they're the fueled by Brendan Rodgers' revenge and Rebecca Yeah, Price. I mean, it's, it's the perfect cocktail of take two Brendan Rodgers' testosterones and mix it with one tabloid revenge scandal and you get a six and no winning streak and it's weird because like manchester city is the better team like oh hands down manchester city is better than leicester mm-hmm. but if i were to bet on either of them to challenge liverpool for the title it's leicester i'm not betting on man city at this point yeah i don't think that's unreasonable <laughs> um and i do think i just think it's it's yeah i mean it's just a fascinating kind of case study and wouldn't it be hilarious if Leicester did it again? Like, I, I obviously have my favorite in the title race, but wouldn't that be friggin' hilarious if they turn this into two championship seasons? I think, in I think we get on the DVD at that point, if it does happen. Oh, for sure, yeah. I think it's like 30% our Wagnerock episode. Right. And then the rest of it is just whatever, you know, John Hamm narrating. Uh, no. You know, I don't know who's a famous celebrity a, from Leicester. Who's a famous Lester, Lester <laughs> I'm sure there's someone. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, I don't know, it's interesting. Do you think it lasts throughout the season? I, mean, I think it has to run its course eventually. I don't think that, like, I think advanced stats have a way of telling us some things, like, shouldn't, uh-huh. like, keep going. But, I mean, they've defied logic this long, so... And, you know, and if Vardy keeps, it all depends on what Vardy does. If he keeps performing up to this level, like I think you can win the Premier League off the back of a striker having a like fantastic season. Yeah, I mean you can do that. They did it once before, so right. Um, that's that's not impossible. Apparently, Ingelbert Humperdinck is a famous supporter of liver of leicester city ah so, so that so he's who narrates the so dvd good to know good to know 84 years old he will make a brilliant narrator he um, narrates the liverpool dvd is john oliver maybe <laughs> ah that's true yeah um that's that feels like the right pick but who knows it kind of depends like is john oliver as much of a celebrity over there as he is over here he's probably not right so maybe they have a guy uh, I'm told Millie Bobby Brown is from Liverpool, a uh, famous Liverpool uh, FC fan. Well, then it's got to be her. Because if, if anyone knows about the suffering and torment of Liverpool fans have gone through over the past 30 years, it's 15-year-old child superstar Millie Bobby Brown. So Maybe a little uh, Daniel Craig action. Oh, Man, there work. we go. Get some James Bond in there. Knowing Liverpool fans, they'll probably do something real lame, like have Kenny Dogwish narrated. Just be like, probably. <laughs> just spoil the fun for everybody, you know? Like, Who's someone from like the '70s team that everyone loves? That, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Shankly's dead now. <laughs> um, other Jack than, him up. Yeah, just you know, pull him out of the pull him out of the grave. And I think uh, if Man United ever wins again, they need to have Eric Cantona, uh crazy his like just insane brain they'd like don't uh, give him any paper to read off of just have him narrate the title sequence off his off his head 
that's what i want i think that's brilliant yeah um and i think russell brand uh should narrate all championship uh videos from now until the end of time please god let west ham win a title in my generation so that i can hear russell brand narrate their championship video that would would be be fantastic that would be basically my life's mission um and speaking of championship videos do you want to talk about (laughs) liverpool for a little while should we talk about yeah i will let you wax politically (laughs) (laughs) they continue to win snatch victory from the jaws of victory if that makes sense um they continue to win games that they should have won but that they also made unnecessarily troublesome in the process. Uh, they did beat um, Man City, which was obviously the big game uh, on the 10th of November. And I think that's since our last episode, because gross. Um, and then they had a 2-1 victory over Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace, Crystal Palace, Crystal Palace on the 23rd and then beat Brighton 2 to 1 last week even though they faced a flurry of Brighton attack at the end thanks in part to the fact that uh they're beautiful and I do mean that in every sense of the word goalkeeper Allison Becker uh lost his mind momentarily <laughs> and charged a ball which he's always been a very aggressive goalkeeper but charged it all the way out of his box and just swatted at it with his hand like three yards outside of the, of the penalty box uh, not, not his best moment and he obviously got automatically ejected for it and i assume we'll have to miss the next game um but they've had good um good goalkeeping from their uh backup this year because becker was hurt uh it feels weird calling him becker but <laughs> allison was hurt um for the first like six or eight weeks of the season. So it's not like uh, their backup is untested. Adrian, um, he's done a good job too. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was a strange game. Uh, Virgil van Dijk. Vir- Vir- I don't know why I always go with that because it sounds right. And then I know it's wrong. Virgil van Dijk got both of the goals, 18 and 24 minutes in on headers uh, on corner kicks because he is a giant and, and, terrific man and i just want all these terrific people who are probably secretly assholes to win a league title this year um that's all i really want and on top of everything else um there's a a strong rumor that the uh liverpool manager jurgen Klopp is pursuing Jaden sancho so you know uh i just it's all it's all good for us but uh, I don't know. What do you I did think? read that. And then he said, I'm always ready to go to the transfer market. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> uh, um, what are your thoughts overall? Do you know um, that Liverpool are unbeaten in their last 31 top flight matches. They are. It is really, It's. it has not been a run of dominance, you know? No, it's interesting. It's almost one of those like team of I hate to use that phrase, but like team of destiny where it's like the wins aren't necessarily convincing, but you always think in the back of your head they're gonna pull it off. Yeah. It's it feels and I hate to keep using hockey analogies, but I figure some of our audience is crossing over from there. It feels a lot like the blues right now, where it's like this team 
shouldn't be doing well, but they keep doing well. You know, Liverpool isn't quite the same because they've got a stacked roster that's all mostly healthy right now, but it's still kind of like, I don't know why this team is winning every game right now. I think it's almost like they're not playing on all cylinders necessarily, but they still have the talent in like the structure to pull it off. Mm -hmm. And like they went up to nothing and it just seemed like they kind of like hunkered down because they felt like they were going to win. And then and that's Obviously, the red card changes that, and then Brighton scores shortly after, so you have to kind of change the game plan a little bit. But And it's weird. It just feels like nothing shakes them, you know, that yeah. leadership group, whether it's Van Dyke or uh, Jordan Henderson or whoever's really, you know, pulling the strings, just always manages to keep them very calm. And, um, you know, they had that game. The red card didn't make them fall it to pieces like it might other teams. Um, Manchester United, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, just other, random other teams. I didn't want to name names, but yeah, sure, Manchester United. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. It. I, I think in the back of every Liverpool fan's head, um, whether they're a relative newcomer like I am or whether they are you know, uh, certainly whether if they're a seasoned veteran of the Liverpool was, uh, there will always be that fear that something could go wrong, you know, um, and uh, Murphy's Law could take effect. But it certainly just feels like they're kind of destined for the title right now. And I will say it would almost be disappointing to me if it became like anything close to man. You know, Man City two years ago, you know, where they were just yeah. like 20 points ahead with like two months left. And it was like, okay, well, this is done, you know? Yeah, it's kind of a lot less fun. I would so like it to kind be. Of, as a neutral fan, I would kind of hope, and as a Manchester United fan, I would kind of hope that Liverpool would yeah. uh, just self-destruct at some point. Well, yeah, sure. But uh, even as a, as a non-neutral fan, I do mm-hmm. hope somebody's sort of in striking distance, you know? It doesn't have to be too, too close like last year because uh, that was agony. But, um, you know. The real like question some... is, so playing Everton tomorrow, Liverpool feel bad enough to just, like, tie them? They might I mean, weird stuff happens in derby games. We know that. Um, and I feel like weird stuff always happens. And uh, They take enough pity on Everton. They say, we don't want to see you yeah. relegated. We'll just not try to score. But I, I don't know, man. Everton's, <laughs> it's why? They're not this bad, I don't think. So, okay. But- yeah. So- <laughs> Going ahead, into yeah. that, no, they're not this bad. So when I was looking at, because I was looking at stats, I like to uh, strengthen my Manchester United Ole Gunnar Solskjaer argument. Um, just saying that like the stats are not kind to them because they do deserve better. Uh, Everton also deserves as when you look at like the expected points table, Everton should be in seventh um, versus like the points that they, given their play, given the chance they created that you would expect a league average team to put in. They should be in seventh. They're in seventeenth, like two points off relegation zone. Mm-hmm. So that would kind of tell you that, like, maybe it's an outlier, and that they should turn it around. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I don't know though. They look pretty terrible. I got a text after our last show from uh, my good friend Garrett, who uh, is an Everton supporter, because I guess he likes to suffer. No, I'm just kidding, Garrett. They are. 
wonderful and maybe the second best team in their city. But um, he texted us and said, uh, listening to the podcast, just FYI, Everton hasn't finished worse than 11th since 0304 when Rooney had yet to play for Manchester United. They have been consistently mediocre for a long time. This season has been horrendous. Um, and yeah, it's just it just feels like, it, you know, even as even trying to trying to put my Liverpool goggles to the side uh, for a minute. It feels like Everton just is, by its birthright, deserves a spot comfortably between, like, 6th and 12th. You know? Yeah, that's where they belong. Um, they need to get back there. <laughs> and so it's very bizarre to see them have a scare this bad, and I really don't think it will uh, last. I don't know. I'm sure there are strength of schedule um you know, sites out there where you can find these things. I don't know what they are, but I, I kind of wonder if they have had a brutal strength of schedule so far. And as you said, those expected goal and expected point numbers should should catch up with them at some point. That doesn't always happen, even in a sample size as large as a full season. But uh, those should help them at least, at least avoid relegation, I think. Yeah, and... I don't think they're as bad as, say, I'm just trying to look at the table now. Like, I don't think they're, I think they're better than Southampton. I think they're better than Norwich. They're definitely better than Watford. Mm -hmm. Brighton Uh, probably isn't as good. Um, Yeah. Newcastle, I don't, I think Everton's better than Newcastle, you know, like, although. Newcastle's another interesting one. Newcastle did do the business this last week, so thank, you know, blessings to them, but, um, (laughs) I love you and your shiny bald head, John Joe Shelby, but and your ridiculous name. Uh, but yeah, Newcastle's weird to me because they pulled off a couple like upsets, but that they shouldn't have, or like tied games that they really shouldn't have, and they're uh, still on like 14th in the table. So that is kind of like scary if you're a Newcastle fan. By the way, did you know that his name is just actually John Joe? I did. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, th- I think I feel like N- Newcastle is sort of similar to Everton in the respect that um, it's just sort of like they're old enough and they have enough, you know, sort of just lingering respect. There's enough kind of ambience to playing in St. James St. James's Park, or is that is that yeah. Southampton? It is. You got it. You got it. Okay, I felt I felt confident, and then I said it, and I was like, "Oh no, 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 no!" Um, but uh, they, um, yeah, there's just enough like enough significance in playing. That's the word I was looking for. Significance in playing uh, Newcastle that like they can always do something weird, you know. Yeah, with their weird seahorse dragon logo, um, and so uh, yeah, I just I think that's one of the reasons they managed to pull off upsets and and weird things like that. But I do not necessarily think Steve Bruce has the goods to champion them to uh, mid or above table finish. He's no Rafa, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's a that's a tough loss. Um, yeah, we've covered the Premier League pretty well. Do we have more things we'd like to say? Well, no, but let's stick in Europe for a second. Okay. Um, what's more likely? Real Madrid was more willing was willing to pay Mourinho four hundred thousand dollars this year to not go to Tottenham, or that Real Madrid bribed FIFA so Ronaldo wouldn't win the Balloon d'Or. 
Oh, which is more? Why not? Which both? is more likely? Why not both? <laughs> um, I have no trouble believing that they could bribe FIFA because I have no trouble believing that FIFA could be bribed. Um, but willing to pay Mourinho four hundred thousand so he doesn't go to Tottenham doesn't even sound like that crazy a conspiracy theory. That seems like nothing for them. Um, so yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll... Uh, those are both reported this week that uh, Real Madrid did offer to pay Mourinho $400,000 to not accept a Tottenham coaching job. And that it was also rumored that they talked FIFA into not giving Ronaldo the blonde or that is just so. like, wow. If the, <laughs> the first one is kind of like whatever sort of like, scummy gamesmanship that i'm just sort of used to in sports like, yeah you don't want to run into the champions league but, so like maybe just the, pay him but the ronaldo thing is like wow they're hurt the yeah. pride their pride is damaged yeah exactly yikes uh you want to move on to mls well to mls um so the expansion draft happened but what also happened is chicago fire decided to rebrand while this we were gone awful this thing is terrible. We're describing, of course, the new Chicago Fire FC. They added an FC to their name because now, so you have to refer not? to them as that. Um, and just this god-awful logo that they designed in Microsoft Paint, I think. So, so many thoughts, but do you want to give yours first? Yeah, well, so the problem is that, like, I actually thought the Chicago Fire, like, emblem, the original one, was, like, one of the cooler-looking logos in MLS. And then they come out with this thing that, like, I don't even know what they're going for um like a couple of people showed some like redesigns of like if it was actually a circle you could add like the chicago star instead of this like crown abomination oh yeah you mean um, the coolest flag in like sports yeah or yeah in like cities and <laughs> like american cities yeah yeah you wouldn't want to use that though this crown that like vaguely looks like flames is what we're gonna go with it's weirdly um, like a twin peaks logo i don't know if you've watched any twin peaks yeah. but it's very reminiscent of uh, the uh, the little like three mountain logo from Twin Peaks. Yeah, it looks. It honestly looks like one of the uh, like general logos they give you when you're playing football manager and you create a team. Oh, and there's yeah. only like the, <laughs> this is what that looks like. <laughs> For sure, um, the colors are are nice. I guess they, as you said, they stole our colors, yellow and red, but yeah. uh, I kind of like the kind of golden yellow that they're using. So that's sort of, you know, constructive criticism. You're supposed to say something nice before you tear something to pieces. I like the color scheme. I do like the color scheme. Yeah. And that was kind of like their color scheme originally. They decided the yellow yeah. uh, more prominently. Um, but this, so I just want to, I'm going to go on a miniature rant okay. about MLS in general. Yeah. Lay it on him. And just say that you can't all be an FC or United or whatever. And I know that these owners think that that's cool because it's what they do in Europe. But part of the reason it's cool in Europe is because they've been doing it for 100 years or 200 years or longer. And so you can't, like, manufacture authenticity like that you know you can't just be like uh, this is what we are everybody's always loved chicago fire fc so i don't get you know i as you talked about like i the the old crest was really cool but also just the the chicago fire like as as weird as it is that you named your team after a natural disaster that 
I guess not really natural disaster, but after a disaster that like destroyed your whole town, your city and population, uh, that weirdness aside, like it was a cool name and it was uniquely local, you know, and it had meaning in the community, but like, then you just add the FC because blah. And then because minimalism is like everything right now in design, you just had to do this, thing bad like so if i'm looking at mls.com right now and i see like the row of logos Mm -hmm. the chicago fire logo doesn't look right like it doesn't look like it should be there yeah it looks like a placeholder for something it's it it, that's kind of what it looks like it looks like a sort of like um of course mls.com they don't actually own uh (laughs) (laughs) mlssoccer.com um Major League Soccer, Soccer. God, how do you not even figure out how to own MLS, you losers? (laughs) But yeah, it's just, it doesn't have any, yeah, it's just gross in that line. You're right. It's it's just gross. Doesn't fit. And it's just kind of like, we're going to do something different because it's been a while. And there's there's the right way to do that. Like DC United rebranded in their new logo. It looks a lot better than the old one it looks like updated mm-hmm. um they still like kept the like key design elements yeah. like columbus crew did that their logo looks really nice um the galaxy they relocate relo- yeah they had like that i don't even know what to call it, it looked like a cosmos logo mm-hmm. uh, or just like a circle with a bunch of swirls so they rebranded to the shield like a decade ago and that looks you know updated um it, there's just a way to do it and a way to not do it and like for whatever reason, they thought they had to fit this abomination in an oval. So this is what you get. <laughs> I do like how looking at these, literally every single one of them now is a crest of some sort, except for Revolution. And yeah. Just like, we're still a 1993 flag and we're never going to change. <laughs> Which like now it's cool, but it's yeah. also like the worst logo in the history of sports. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's, it's only like become fans. cool in the same way that the Vancouver Canucks skate jersey became cool by right. centuries yeah. of suffering under it. Um, <laughs> that's three hockey references. I got to stop. Every future reference. Me of like the 1994 US World Cup is what that. What yeah, reminds. exactly. Um, but yeah, it's this logo is vomitrocious to borrow a term from Muffy of Arthur fame. Um, any other thoughts on that? Or do you want to talk to us about the vague and confusing topic known as the expansion draft in the Yes, yeah, so let's go into the expansion draft, something that uh, is going to happen every year for the next like 10 years, probably. <laughs> <laughs> As MLS expands to 80 teams. Um, so Inter-Miami won the coin toss back uh, halftime of the MLS finals. So they got to pick first. Um, and I think you see like two different philosophies with this. It seems like Inter-Miami is going after more of like depth players, which is how you probably should use the expansion draft. And then Nashville is going after kind of players that can maybe play right away for them. Um, difference being that Miami will probably be spending money bringing players in since they're linked to like every free agent right now as well. Inclu- so including Messi, <laughs> including Messi and Cavani and <laughs> now, you know, middle tier guys like that. Uh, oh, who else was it? There's someone else recently that was linked to him. And they're like, no way. It's going to be all of them. Um, okay. So inter Miami selected Ben sweat, who was the starting left back for New York city FC. Um, and also got screwed out of that, uh, 
that Old Spice commercial job by that more famous <laughs> NFL player. Just saying. Right. <laughs> um, this is a good pickup. I think it's, you know, you pick up probably starting left back. Um, it's probably how you should do it because you're not going to want to spend money on your defense, but you can get a cheap option in the draft. Uh, the next pick was Alvis Powell, who's right back from FC Cincinnati, which sure, let's pick team. Let's pick players off the historically worst team in MLS. That seems like a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Um, then they picked Lee Lee Wen, uh, for LAFC, who actually was like a really key depth piece for him down the stretch. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, he was a former MVP candidate with revolution. He's not that player anymore, but he's still like a crafty veteran. And I think was a good, and he's only 33, which is only like 85 in soccer terms. So. (laughs) <laughs> well, it's younger than Slaton, so there we there go. go. That's all that um, matters. Next, they pick up Luis Argudo, who is midfielder, drafted by the crew. He's a young player, um, a super draft player. So we'll see how that goes. I don't think he doesn't have a lot of like experience yet, but I guess if you want depth and like young depth, um, they picked up goalkeeper uh, Seattle Sounders second because no one's upsetting Stephen Fry. So. <laughs> It'll be interesting because Fry's been good for a decade, so they keep getting their like backups poached. Nice try, Stephen Fry, as they say. <laughs> um, what do you think about any of those picks, Stephen? Um, I think they are doing the classic build from the back strategy, and I think that's smart. I think, and I think with them, like they're going to be spending tons of money, sh- and like you spend that money in the midfield and on strikers. So yeah, as you made the point, I don't know about using one of your five picks on someone from Cincinnati. Really, anyone that's been in Cincinnati, just you know, for disease, just like in the city, yeah, for just for disease time. control purposes. Uh, <laughs> but beyond that, on a team as bad as Cincinnati's been, that's a strange call. But you know, if he's got the goods, he's got the goods, and he probably doesn't because he was exposed in the expansion draft. But uh, yeah, I think overall, I kind of like what they did. Yeah. Um, okay. So moving on to Nashville, who I kind of mixed feelings about with how they've been going about it. Um, Abu Dunlady, he was a forward mixed from feelings Minnesota about United. something Nashville did. It's hard to believe. Feelings about the city itself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dunlady is a dynamic forward pick number one in the 2017 Super Draft, which basically just means that's their like college draft. Stephen, in case you're wondering. Oh, I mean, um, I'm well aware. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but it's super. It's not like a regular draft. It's a super draft. Oh. Um, he's been injured a lot. So what? I don't, what makes it super? Uh, that it's irrelevant in today's that day and age. Probably. better than a regular draft. <laughs> <laughs> so Dunlady, I don't know. It's interesting because like Minnesota, I don't think you can really like judge their forwards based off their system they play uh-huh. because they're like very defensively minded. So it'll be interesting. Apparently Nashville liked him a lot. Why was uh, he exposed if he was the number one pick that recently? I mean, I assume teams have some ability to protect these players, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, he's had injuries, so I guess that like left him open. Um, maybe they just didn't leave. They also, yeah, they also like have let go of all their forwards, so I think they're just not happy with their attacking prowess. Um, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Zarek Valentin is a from Portland Timber, Timbers, right back slash left back. Um, yeah, that's a pick. <laughs> they then traded the Houston Dynamo for $75,000, so 2021 target allocation money. That's all they, baby. <laughs> you got to get that that Garber Bucks. Oh, God, uh, I love Garber Bucks. I'm <laughs> swimming in them over here. It's not an MLS event without some sort of exchange of TAM and GAM. Yeah, let's, nope. just, let's just get that out of the way. 
Can I ask you a question? Yeah. I'm, I'm on the perimeter of MLS right now. I plan to be much more uh, educated by the time, you know, uh, STL, MLS for STL. I always want to call it STLFC, but they would never call it that. Um, will I ever understand what Garber Bucks are for, even if I'm just heavily invested in MLS? Solid. If you look later down in the show notes, Stephen, I'll talk about it a little bit. Ooh. I don't think you'll ever really understand. <laughs> okay. okay, that's kind of what I feared. But I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. It's like, uh, it's like NBA roster rules, but like more, slightly more complicated. Okay. So. <laughs> good, 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 good. That's what I was hoping for. <laughs> um, they next picked Jaleel and Ababa from the New England Revolution. Uh, they're old defenseman. I don't know. He'll be okay, I guess. <laughs> uh, this was a pick I really didn't like, so I, I don't know why you spend your allocation money in draft picks on a New England not starter. Defenseman, um, yeah. Next, they got Brandon Vasquez, who is uh, someone they drafted from Atlanta, and then they said, this is not a player we're going to keep. We are going to trade this player. So they then traded him to FC Cincinnati in exchange for allocation money. Hundred fifty thousand dollars in twenty twenty and fifty k in general allocation money in twenty twenty one. So, so they drafted five players and kept three of them. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and then they picked up Jimmy Madronda from Sporting Kansas City. Uh, Madronda's interesting, so he's exposed because he is kind of like okay at a lot of things and not really great at one thing. So he played anywhere from like left back to striker for. Uh, sporting this past year um so you can use him for a lot of things but he never really like cemented his role anywhere mm-hmm. so it, i guess it'll be good for an expansion team that might not like be able to fill out their full roster and you can kind of place them wherever you want uh other trades that happened well, can i give one thought about this draft yes before you move Absolutely. on one thought. i just want to say that if i know anything about jaleel anibaba it is that his name is Jaleel Anibaba. And so, as far as I'm concerned, he's the best player in MOS. And oh, wow. they were very wise to choose him. Uh, so, yeah, please continue. Okay, okay. See you in the wait, hot wait. take. There's a Dax McCarthy coming, so we may get rid of everything mm. I just said very yes. quickly. Dax McCarthy traded to Nashville on November 12th. So, the day before the expansion draft, so Dax McCarthy say goodbye to Chicago, say hello to Nashville. Oh, gross. Uh, <laughs> Jonathan Abbey was traded to you. That is a journey I do not want to make either no, direction. No, I, I do not want to <laughs> also travel that journey at all. Well, I guess you'd have to go to, through St. Louis maybe, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe just stop yeah, there. if you were driving. <laughs> um, other notable trades, Jonathan Abbey Nagby was traded to Columbus from – uh, Atlanta, so that's a Charles Navio is kind of like their glue in the midfield. So I'll be interesting to see how Atlanta replace them. You would assume by spending a lot of money on somebody who doesn't work out for half the year, but we'll see. Um, Darwin Quintero, who was Minnesota United's other like head striker, was traded to Houston on November 13th for allocation money. Um, Dax Picardi, like we said, traded from the fire to Nashville. And then uh, Sporting KC's board came out and said that they are going to trade money from themselves to the team <laughs> to use in the transfer market. <laughs> I like that strategy. I like giving myself money. 
Yes, know? it's uh, it's good, especially nice when you announce it to everyone. My favorite show know your intentions. Also, Google Maps takes you through Indianapolis from Chicago uh, to Nashville. <laughs> I, I did not I realize know. when we joked about that how weirdly out of the way St. Louis would be on that journey. <laughs> I feel like we're just a point on a mostly straight line. We are like very far west of Chicago. And ah, even farther I mean, west of Nashville. So, uh, but yeah, I'm going to say travel <laughs> through St. Louis anyway, and we'll buy you a Why beer. Not? Why not? Uh, okay. So, any other thoughts on endless uh, transactions? Steven? I will say this. I am hell bent on learning everything there is to learn about MLS, and presently I understand nothing. So that is my input on that. I understand more than Ian. I think that's I think that should be said, but especially since he isn't here to defend himself. But I so um, like here's the thing. I've been following the league for like a decade. I didn't start understanding the roster rules until I like actually until we like we're talking about starting the podcast and I was like, okay, I better look into this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if I was diligent and hardworking, like you are, I would have done the same thing. But, uh... So, uh, Steven, let's dive into what are the MLS roster rules? I just want to say real quickly that in, in Ian's defense, I feel like one day he'll show up and he'll just know it all, you know? <laughs> and so I, I rue that day. Cause then I will really look like the fool. Send him the rest. Have him study we'll uh, just, overnight before we we'll talk just, on Thursday. We'll just have to have him, uh, you know, we'll give him quizzes along the lines of soccer and soccer culture. And then just when he thinks he's out, you know, smarted us and prepared for the quiz, we'll give him like, you know, sub-Saharan African capitals <laughs> or something that has nothing to do with it. Yes, yes. Uh, so just for the listeners at home, because Ian will not go back and re-listen to this. Uh, you know, just wait, it's coming. The torture will continue forever. Uh, but yes, please tell me about the MOS salary cap system uh, and see if you can get it through my thick skull. The difference between okay. TAM and GAM. So there's that. There's also the fact that like MLS roster sizes are smaller than teams in Europe. So each roster is allowed to have up to 30 players between 18 to 20 of those players must be on the senior active roster. The remaining 10 to 12 make up supplemental or reserve rosters. This can be somewhat uh, worked around if you have an MLS two team um, for development and whatnot in your academy, all that good stuff. So, there's a, so just to be clear, there's one rule already and you're allowed to break it. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, okay. yep. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Senior roster players count toward the salary budget, which was set at $4.24 million. Yeesh, that um, is not high. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's why we needed to break that rule when David Beckham wanted to come into the league. Uh-huh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, supplemental and reserve roster players, often college draftees or homegrown signings, do not count towards the salary budget. Their salaries are among the lowest in the MLS. Um, each player suck. has an individual individual budget charge, which is usually just the amount of their salary. If a team pays a transfer or loan fee for a player, that fee is divided by the number of guaranteed years on their contract and added to their salary in form of a budget charge. So, so an average annual value. I got get yep. that. Yeah, you get the AV. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, each team is allowed up to three designated players upon whom they can spend an unlimited amount of money for salary cap purposes. Most DPs hit at the maximum budget charge, which was $530,000 in 2019. 
regardless of their salary acquisition costs. So, so uh, they can spend an unlimited amount of money on them, but they still cost against the salary cap. Yeah, they just cost five hundred thirty thousand instead of in Bastian Schweinsteiger's account seven and a half million. Okay. So, okay. Okay. I'm getting it. I'm picking it up. Budget charges for individual players can be bought down with general allocation money and target allocation money. This is so. where it's going to get fucked. This is, this is where it's going to go all the way off the rails. <laughs> Insert some sort of Garber Bucks song. Garber Bucks, come on down. GAM can be That was a bad impersonation of the Price is Right theme, but... I did GAM can be used on any player. The league allots each club a different amount of GAM every year, depending on where they finished the previous season, with the totals for non-expansion teams usually in the low to mid-six figures. TAM can only be used on players who make between maximum budget charge and the DP threshold. <laughs> the maximum budget charge plus $1 million. Each team is given $1.2 million in non-discretionary TAM per season by the league, and each team is allowed to spend an additional $2.8 million in discretionary TAM <laughs> out of their owner's pocket on an a- annual basis. Wow. It's all gone. I've got <laughs> none of this. So if I can, okay. So if I can simplify this. So I believe that GAM and TA, GAM is given to you by league TAM. You're given $1.2 million by the league. Okay. Um, you can also, if you have a rich owner, spend an additional 2.8 million, but it's not from the league. It's out of your owner's pocket, but you still like can't go over that 2.8 million. And that money is used to buy down contracts below like the maximum budget to fit into the salary cap. I like that. I like that. I like being able to leverage my wealth to hold down lesser teams. <laughs> Yeah, it's where, why LAFC can afford all the players they have while still being under the salary. Where cap. does Dave Taylor rank amongst NHL and MLS owners in terms of being a rich old white person? I mean, I think they're. I don't think we're. I would think we're you, middle you know, of the pack or above. I right? think we're like, pretty. I know we have more money than like KC. Um, I wonder if we can find deal. that. Who owns KC? Is it Cent- or not Centine Cerner? There's like an ownership group. Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't know who the principal owner is. It probably is in this article. But yeah, there's like a group of people who bought the team. Cerner owns everything in KC. (laughs) It was uh, the guy who owns the uh, Clark, the Chiefs owner, also owned the Wizards and then Uh wanted to sell when they were like not. He owned like three teams and was keeping the MLS alive. So, you know. We talked about it in the uh, history of the MLS. There we go. Go back. Go Go back back into into the the archives. archives. Jinx. Uh, Okay, so each team is granted eight international slots, which can be traded between teams on a permanent or yearly basis. Mm -hmm. Canadian players, here we go, (laughs) those with Canadian permanent resident status are counted as internationals when rostered on U.S. clubs, but American players count as domestic for Canadian clubs. This is due to restrictions in U.S. labor laws. Canadian clubs are required to have a minimum of three Canadian domestic players on the roster at all times. That is so. an unnecessary hurdle to put into these <laughs> rules, but okay. <laughs> so Toronto can have. So wait, those. why are that? Okay, okay, okay. No, 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 no. No, that's fine. That's fine. I don't want to dig any deeper into that. <laughs> oh, Stephen, please. <laughs> why wouldn't they just function like every other sports league in North America? And I mean, uh I don't, that's so bizarre to me. Why would, why would you treat Canadian players differently for Canadian teams? 
Because I think, okay, so I think it's like Frankenstein because these rules were initially come up with Before when like the league was things. broke and bankrupt and still trying to like uh-huh. jumpstart American soccer. And now that the league is on like healthy footing, it still has these rules. And now that it isn't helping American soccer, it still has these rules. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So basically um, it's broken and badly designed is what you're doing. Right. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's um, there is a loophole for Canadian players to Why come up through. Why wouldn't there be? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there are always loopholes. Yeah. Any player who meets the requirements to qualify as a homegrown player as a member of an MLS club academy, either in the U.S. or Canada, which is pronounced, which is, uh, they abbreviated CA, which I don't like. Uh, <laughs> that's California. Not... Or has met similar requirements as a member of a Canadian-approved youth club. Isn't count. Sorry, go as a domestic player, um, he will not occupy an international slot on both U.S. and Canada club rosters. Provided that the player has become a member of an MLS club academy, either in the U.S. or Canada, and uh, prior to the year he turns 16, and the player signs a first pro contract with MLS or USL affiliate. I think the thing I'm maddest about is that they abbreviate Canada C A. <laughs> right. <laughs> that. Uh, C-A-N, it's not hard. Okay. (laughs) Add the extra letter. (sighs) But basically what that's saying is uh, you don't have to take up an international slot if a player has a green card or it was already in your uh, youth academy by the time he was 16. So it's essentially saying all those rules we just talked about, disregard them if you can just get a green card for a player. That's something, I guess. (laughs) That makes it better, I think. Yeah. Yeah, if you uh, can develop it, a player on your own, they don't count in an international slot, I guess. I'm I'm down. I'm so, down does this uh, make sense to you, Stephen? No, no, not at all. <laughs> um, does it make more sense to you than it did prior? To I this? will I will say yes. I do think you 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 improved my understanding. Um, there are parts of it that are very sensible to me that make perfect amounts of sense i get i actually get the international player or you know the the basically sign over price free agent rule now yeah it makes sense that there's like a designated like it's going to cost you this much against the cap but go crazy on how much you want to pay them but the uh the garber bucks and the canada u.s thing that's going to take a while and i would assume that say like Miami or LA or the Galaxy or LAFC have all their designated player slots used up and Messi decides that he just wants to come over now and doesn't want to wait, that they'll just make up rules as they go along as well. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think they're gonna have a lot of rules preventing Lionel Messi from coming to the US. <laughs> um, that's just a hunch. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's a maybe it's no, a, just a feeling. Just yeah. A feeling. Maybe it's a more uh maybe it has more integrity as a league than any other sports league that's ever existed. But I just No no no, Lionel, you have to wait. <laughs> you have to wait. Those are the rules. What do you think you've won? Like ninety three Ballon d'Ors? Well, sorry. Um, especially that one that uh that Real Madrid wouldn't let Messi win. 
or not messy one. You are messy. You know what I was trying to say. I was trying yeah, to call back this year we all earlier, and I, I just blew it. I botched it because my head's still spinning from Garver bucks. Botch job. <laughs> so I propose this. I say that I take a few days to think about this information that you've given me, and okay. in the meantime, I see if we can uh, dig up Ian out of mothballs and travel to the future and finish this episode by talking to him. That's exactly the future music that I was thinking of. You did it. But yeah, you want to do that? You want to wait until we can get Ian and close this thing out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Let's bring Ian on board. Yeah, let's go crazy. Let's bring in one similarly aged Catholic person and get this, make this a party. So uh, until we have Ian in our midst, I'm not going to say goodbye because it's literally going to start right after this. So hang on for a second. Through the wonders of technology, we're back. It is now Thursday. It wasn't Thursday before. And Ian is now here, and Ian wasn't here before. And that's Wait, how that I've just works. been talking to the microphone for two days straight. You're telling me you didn't record any of that? Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, we've got it all in the vault. <laughs> it's there. Much like Disney, it will just be oh, hidden okay. until we record, release our streaming service. Yeah, until we have STL Podcast Plus. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then it'll all be out there for the world to hear. Ian, My welcome back. I was in the background. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm proud to be here. Glad to be here. <laughs> Why am I proud to be here? I'm very... I'm very ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. You probably should be. We we don't treat you very well around these parts. So, uh, Justin and Ian, since we were fired, since we were fired. <laughs> well, that too. <laughs> woo, thanks to the wonders of time travel, since we recorded the first half of this podcast, Marco Silva was fired. I feel a bit like... Uh, you know, the Men and Blazers, when they dropped that little five-minute podcast about, like, this major thing happened, which, come to think of it, they will probably do about Marco Silva being <laughs> fired. But um, how do you feel about the sacking of the Everton manager after what I think could only be described as a heartless 5-2 to two loss in the Merseyside Derby? Uh, it was brutal. It was brutal. Even as a Liverpool Liverpool fan, that felt brutal. Uh, what do you think, Justin? What's your expert take on this? It's, it's almost like they were going to fire him, but they just don't want to hire a new manager for the Liverpool match. So, <laughs> Actually, that probably is true. You know, They're probably like, we're going to get creamed in that anyway. This will be like a good sorbet of sorts, like a palate cleanser for our season. Get murdered by Liverpool, and then we can hire a new coach and sort of pretend. Uh, but yes, uh, Ian, what do you think about Marco Silva being fired? What would your insight be on that? <laughs> he sounds thoughts, like a... thoughts or analysis? <laughs> he sounds like a Bond villain. <laughs> they all do, if you stare at their names. There, there was one, though. There was one in... Uh... Oh God! The one where it turned to Home Alone at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was, I think, the Bond villain names was was Silva. So, oh, okay. so I just like to point that I'm not wrong. <laughs> Coming to play later, I'm sure. We never. Ever... Who was a Everton's manager? Does Everton still have what's his face as their goalie? The American guy. No, he's no, retired. Oh, he's finally, long gone. He's yeah, long gone. Not long gone. Uh, only a couple years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
he's longish gone from Everton by Premier League standards because he played the last few years of his career in the States. But hmm. is that correct, oh, Justin, right? or did I speak yeah. out of No, you're hand. correct. He okay. played the last years of the Avalanche. Not the Avalanche, the other Colorado team. <laughs> <laughs> the Avalanche, basically. The ones owned by Stan Kroenke. No, the other ones owned by Stan Kroenke. No, not Arsenal. The, the, the Rapids, is that what they're called? Yes. Excellent. Is Everton owned by the guy that used to own the Blues? Uh, is it? No, they are owned by Farid Mashiri. Who are you thinking of? No, he owns Dave like Chekets? he owns or is part owner of like Real Salt Lake, or was that may be true? Yes. Okay. For some reason, yeah. I thought he had some connection. Yes, yeah, Real Salt Lake. Okay. Which is why and JetBlue they threatened to move to St. Louis once Ooh. upon a time. Ooh, that makes sense. Bring the Mormons home. Uh, Bring them home. I do. Um, I yeah, do like, like just from a pure that since the takeover they've had like seven managers in three years or whatever yeah that's not a great look i do like just from a pure comedy standpoint that ian just confused everton with a like (laughs) c-level mls club which is essentially (laughs) accurate i know oh yeah uh in the meantime their caretaker interim manager is a man named duncan ferguson i assume the ownership of everton is just hoping that by virtue of having a man named ferguson as their manager they can at least avoid relegation i was just gonna ask are they are they in threat of being relegated oh very much yes i mean they probably are fine because they're just good enough to not suck quite that bad but they are in the territory i bought an everton um scarf when i was in the uk because i knew that team traitor (laughs) one point off as of this recording they were two points off as of last recording or as of when we first started talking it's it's all the same recording everton if i can confess yes that is true yes we literally did not hit pause at any point (laughs) uh everton if i can confess this to you guys and the few everton fans i know are listening i've never been able to like work up the hatred for them that i should be able to because i'm not like actually from liverpool (laughs) so like when they're not playing us and i don't have to pretend to really hate them i'm kind of like yeah i don't have hard feelings towards everton you know but uh you know it's like i like you know tim howard and when mm -hmm. donovan was there and uh when they had flaney originally that team i like i always liked that team kind of like an anti-Liverpool kind of thing, too, where the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah. Um, so therefore, I didn't mind Everton. Well, the enemy of my friend is apparently not my enemy in my case. So, so. There you go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the other news that I guess we should discuss that I'm sure Ian is deeply heartbroken by uh, is uh, Manchester United's 2-1 victory over Tottenham in the not really Derby of any kind. I was going to call it the something Derby, and then I was like, wait, they're in two uh, different cities. SEO podcast Derby. Yeah, mine. that's right. There we go. I like that. Um, is that a rivalry between two teams in the same city? Derby Dar- is, mm-hmm. yes, okay. which is actually a good preview of, uh, of what we'll be discussing in a little bit. I'd like to point out, I am one point ahead, two it, points ahead. I should say that it's spelled like Derby, but they don't pronounce it that way because they're or like assholes. British. Uh, <laughs> but that's not like that's that can't be how they'd pronounce like Kentucky Derby, is it? 
There's like an E in there. Probably is. They're no, they do it. They yeah, do they it. They probably do. They probably say can can dookie dar. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Justin, how do you feel about Ole's victory? Ole is still at the wheel. It feels. Like, it felt like very legitimately. Well, I guess. Uh, I guess um, Jose wasn't gonna get fired. But if if uh, Pochettino had made it this far, it felt like this could literally have just been one of those games where the loser got fired. So, yeah, Jose did go down on the sideline though. So that that's is true. He, he uh, not not known for his flair for the dramatic before now, <laughs> no, but very uncharacteristic. <laughs> How do you feel about uh, the victory? Yeah, I mean it was good. We talked about it on Tuesday that like if the one player you're scared of or you should be scared of is Marcus Rashford, and he had a really good goal to start the thing off, and then. Uh, Manchester United forgot how to defend, so Tottenham tied it up, and then he converted from the penalty spot, which is something that they weren't able to do earlier this year. So you, you it was a good game forgot. against a team who like was probably looking to win in that match with the new manager. And Manchester United needed it more, though, so I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah, I think that's fair. You say forgot like Manchester United ever knew how to defend, but other than that, <laughs> I, uh, I t- generally agree with you. Ian, you've got a Tottenham jersey now. How did you feel about the loss? Gutted. <laughs> very good. Very good. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, you are uh, really dancing around the topic for our quiz for the evening, so I feel like... Steven, I've played a lot of Pokemon Sword and Shield. <laughs> that's I right. Well, that actually was the inspiration for this, I, I don't have to think, tell you. you know... Uh, I don't so, think you're going to get me this time. So <laughs> anyone who has played the new Pokemon Sword and Shield will know that uh, it is set in... Uh, Ingl- well, I mean, it's set in Galar, the Galar region of whatever their planet is called. Uh, is it's, there- a po- it's Poka Planet. Everything's <laughs> Poka right, whatever. Yeah. Poka Planet. Um, but uh, yes, it's very clearly a knockoff of England. Um, and they work very hard, more hard, harder than they have tried to in any recent entry of this game that I know of, to establish that it is England by, you know, having people say British slang and, uh, you know, everything soccer themed <laughs> and everything. Yeah, it all it all fits one beautiful puzzle. So I thought in 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 light of that uh, and in light of the podcast that we uh, so proudly call our own, Ian, we would quiz you on British slash soccer slang. So most of these are going to have some overlap, some more than others. Uh, but yeah, I think I think you could do well on this. I don't know. I feel like you've got a more of a fighting chance than than you normally might with some of the torture we've devised. How do you feel, Justin? Do you think he's going to do <laughs> yeah, okay? I think, yeah, I think of all the quizzes we've ever laid bare, this is the least torturous. <laughs> Which means we're really just wow. going we're really just gonna hammer you next. <laughs> well, yeah, one, one endorsement. Uh, Justin, um, there are ten of these. There are ten uh, questions, ten terms on this list. What do you think? What's a realistic score for Ian on this? Uh, six. Oh, ooh, six. Do you think you can beat six, six Ian? Or are you just gonna keep it keep it easy? <laughs> no, I can beat six. I can do seven. Ooh, okay. Oh. Ooh, he's setting it up. So <laughs> these are in no particular order of easiest to difficult. I just uh, rearranged them randomly a little bit. But you ready? You ready to get this mm-hmm. started? Okay, I will. Uh, I will have to use some of these in a sentence, uh, but I will try to make the sentences as generic as possible. So. Uh, 
Ian, what does it mean when a player has a bit of a knock? Well. <laughs> well. We're already starting off real poor. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Can you use it in a sentence? Yeah, I just did. A player has oh, a bit right. of a that's knock. Not, uh, that's not a sentence. Okay, I'll change the sentence a little bit. I'll change the sentence. Okay. Uh, Harry Kane has a bit of a knock. <laughs> That's solid. I don't know how you're not getting it. That could be be almost anything. You could have a large (laughs) head of hair. Um, I don't know. He's like got a good. He's like got a good kick. He's very good at kicking. Uh, No, I mean you're getting the right sort of feel, but Mm. a bit of a knock is is a minor injury. It's a. It's you know he's he's hurt, but he's not injured. Usually he can carry on. Mm. You know he took a bit of a knock. Um, just like if this is a derby, maybe you play him, but if not, like you're gonna sit him out. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, not gonna be gone for months, but might not, might miss a game or two. Uh, (laughs) Ian, the word nil, other than Jim nil, uh, the (laughs) word nil, got it. (laughs) What does that mean? That means a zero. Yes, there you go. Perfect. Very good. Zero starts with a Z, Steven. I think that's a plus. I believe that's a plus one extra bonus point. So we got to give you plus one for the, uh, what did you say earlier? The, uh, oh, I don't know. And the, give me a... <laughs> a plus one bonus for that, and then you've got one of the... I knew what a Darby was. That's right. That's right. That's the one. Uh, Ian, what is a worldy? world yes justin tell me if any of these were ones that you didn't know before now because i hear worldy a lot on my podcast but a worldy (laughs) i don't think that's that's actually one i don't know i don't think it's this but like it feel like it feels like at least i wouldn't be stupid in guessing that (laughs) (laughs) like like a player has a worldy does that mean they won a world cup Oh, that's real. I mean, you got you got close to the context. It's it's a world class player, like a very yeah. elite player. Or you ah. can use it about like a performance, like oh. he had a worldy of a performance. Oh, okay. um, but I, yeah, I kind of listen to these like two suits, one blazer. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it comes from uh, it comes from world class, I believe. All right, this one, this one, I think you'll probably get. Ian, what's a clean sheet? A clean sheet. <laughs> This is one Justin knows, I feel like. Yes, yes. I mean, obviously, of course you do. This is like when, I forget what stand-up comedian said that he started for uh, for Seinfeld, like, open for him, and mm-hmm. then he's like, here's, like, the best comedian ever after me, you know, Jerry Seinfeld, and then after the performance, Jerry Seinfeld was like, don't ever say that to me ever again, because, like, now the whole crowd's like, oh, okay, he's the best one in the world, let's see what he's got, sort of thing, <laughs> so... Now you said I had, you know, I was going to get this, so now it's gone. It's out. Don't you ever say that to never, me again. Never say that to me. <laughs> think, think about it, though. Clean I mean, this sheet. one. Think clean about the sheet. The sheet is clean. Don't focus just to, on. Uh... Just to interrupt for a moment, um, Everton is currently in the relegation zone. I forgot with uh, Brighton winning against Arsenal. Brighton they are beat, down. Wait, Brighton beat Arsenal? Brighton right. beat Arsenal 2-1 today, Whoa. yeah. That is, that is brutal. To the um, allegations. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad they uh, fired Unai just in time for the next. Yeah, it doesn't do that help. Take that on his conscience. Uh, Ian, think about. Uh, don't think about bed sheets. Maybe that's Thank a little you. bit of. <laughs> think about. <laughs> think about like a sheet of paper. 
clean sheet. I don't know. They're healthy. <laughs> a clean sheet is a shutout. It's like a shutout. Uh, so uh, that seems like a normal thing that happens. Why do they have a word for that? I I don't know, man. Why do any of these things have slang? That's true. Uh, What does it mean when a team parks the bus? (laughs) I wish we could record your face for this because uh, it is delightful. I really thought that they Mourinho tactics. They should get used to it. Yeah, I really thought that this was not going to be an awful week for you, and so I'm so sorry. (laughs) They didn't say this. When I faced off against some random Pokemon trainer, he just said chuff. He was chuff. Um, parks the bus. You know, I, now I've got my head in like, oh, like, plays defense or whatever. That's Is correct. It? You got it. Okay. I'm going to give it to you. Parks the bus. It's like enough. shut down D. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a term for, an, you know, basically playing an ultra defensive style, keeping yeah. 10 or 11 guys you know, behind the midfield line. Dead and... serious. When you said parks the bus, I instantly thought this sounds like a Ken Hitchcock thing. <laughs> that Well, you you got That's it. Right. You nailed yeah. it, man. Yeah. Yep. That's perfect. <laughs> Uh, so Keep perfect behind the ball two of five so far and you know what i'll just give you the the softball now since it's on the list what oh, does it mean to be chuffed oh they're just like i don't know they're like disappointed oh no, my god you got the opposite of oh, the thing that it is. yeah oh, uh, chuffed like is to be pleased i'm very chuffed with that performance <laughs> That's fucked up. yeah yeah no it doesn't make sense but i'm sure glad you botched it <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Can I say this? I can't wait until Britain as an island just falls into the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> just sinks. Yeah, yeah. I think it'll they be call great. Nissans Nissans. They're stupid. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Uh, Ian, what does it mean to play box to box? That's like that's like a two hundred foot game. That's like playing the whole field. You yeah? got it. Well, yeah, you, you, you got it. Got it. Yeah. Give it to you. Yeah, it's a midfielder who can play offense and defense. Really has the engine. An engine yeah. is another term, but you know what that means yeah, to yeah. Uh, play the whole game. So good job. Oh, that stirs the drink. You know all that good stuff. Yeah, that's right. The Jaden Schwartz of the midfield, if you will. Uh, uh, Ian, what is player. what is a sitter? A sitter, not a babysitter. A sitter. I will tell you that a sitter is not. A description of a player so oh okay. that'll be See, i would have thought that it was like you know a, a goalkeeper or something yeah, yeah. Or a, sitter describes exactly a sitter it doesn't describe a player it does not describe a player now or a fan because <laughs> i was gonna say it's someone that's like on the bench a sitter, but that that would have been too straightforward. Yeah, something course, we would course, say. Yeah. So no, uh, this um, is uh, this is a more obscure one. This isn't one I even hear a lot. Do you know what this one, Justin? I don't know. This is like a me. boring game. Not quite, although that's in the spirit of things. A sitter is a ball that should be scored. Like it's sitting there on a platter for ah, you, and you, yes, still, yes. you still blow it. Or, well, I guess you wouldn't have to blow it, but I think it's usually like, oh, that was a sitter, and then, oh, you know, gotcha. that sort of thing. But uh, Ian, what's it mean when, when a player shouts, boot it? Boot it? Yeah. I mean, just like kick it, hit it, it shoot it. Yeah, kick it. it, twist it. <laughs> Do all the things on, yeah. pull, on what is Put- that game called? Yeah, you got it. Bump it. it. Uh, 
hit it with your foot in some capacity, yeah? <laughs> in the hard, generally the hardest capacity. Mm-hmm. If you say boot it, we'll give you the point. But generally you're speaking uh, about just just bomb it. Just mm-hmm. knock it downfield as far as you can and don't... Booting it downfield. Don't think about the consequences. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got two left, so you can still hit Justin's threshold. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you actually have one left because I moved chuffed up. So you cannot hit <laughs> Justin's threshold. Your final clue, Ian... Uh, too much credit is knackered what does it mean for a player to be knackered this is like my favorite british language oh mine too yes that's why i saved it for last now are they pissed (laughs) (laughs) not quite not quite but it's uh it's a it's a negative experience i'll give you that you want to Take no, a second. That, that's, second. All that's your that's guess. That's okay. <laughs> a player who is knackered is is tired. A player who's uh... tired. So you 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 got four, but with a plus one for Zed and a plus one for <laughs> hey. uh, Darby, you got six. So there you, you go. got to Justin's threshold. <laughs> I think if you add those to the thing, that's half. That's you know right. What, baby? Yeah, that's all that I'm counts. For. <laughs> that is a whole count. That's a whole point. So. Whole thing. Um, Justin, unless you have anything else to add, I think we can park the bus on this episode and get out of here. I know you've been talking for literally, literally 72 hours straight, so you might want a, a water break or something. I've been in this room with no water or anything, um, so yeah, I'm gonna go, uh, recover my voice a little bit, yes. Uh, do some sideline theatrics, uh, in, to celebrate Jose Mourinho's return to the Premier League. Give someone you love a disapproving head pat and yes. part ways with them on the side. <laughs> uh, Ian, thank you for joining us. We are going to aim to record on Tuesday the 17th. We've got a schedule, folks. Let's go. It's How crazy. How long will it last? <laughs> <laughs> that can be your game that you play at home. But uh, until we meet again, I don't remember how we sign off these podcasts. I don't think it's a formula. It's not. Mm. Goodbye, everybody. I'm <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>